Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. You know, Manolo said that uh, the best looking people come to Dayspring. That's what he said. That's why they invited me. So you got to go. That's right. It's good to be here. I, um, I just uh, turned another year older this week. And uh, yeah. Um, I don't know how to feel about that in terms of, of getting older. I think, I don't feel old. Old is a state of mind, right? And uh, age is just something that happens to you. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, all the older people are saying, amen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I, I was looking at this turning of age and realizing that I feel like my greatest impact is yet to be made. And I I don't say that because I'm trying to make myself feel better for being a year older. I say that because it's true. And I'm not saying that to somehow lift myself up or be arrogant in no way. That's not my intention. But my intention is to say to you that God has plans way beyond anything that we could ever think of. And I think that God's plan for you is for you to have the greatest impact, and that is yet to come. And so today, I want to talk to you about the fact that God wants to use you. Took a little bit, but got some amens out of you. But God wants to use you. Have you ever wondered why some people do extraordinary things for God and others don't? Is it because some are better than others? Is it because some are more gifted than others? Is it because some have more talents than others? I don't think so. The truth is that God wants to use you. The fact of the matter is that God is looking for people that he can use. Let me say that again because you didn't hear me the first time. God is looking for people that he could do extraordinary things through. God is looking for somebody that he can demonstrate his power through. God is looking for people that will impact this world for Jesus. God's looking for people that he can demonstrate his love through 
He wants to look for people that would allow the power of God to move in this world. Because I want to tell you that God's power moves through people. Okay, you didn't, you didn't get it, you didn't get it, you didn't get it. God's power moves through people. All right, all right. What God wants to do, he will not do until he finds the right people to do it through. You see, you read the Bible and you will find that God's extraordinary power is always manifested through somebody. God wants to deliver the people from slavery. He finds somebody. God wants to introduce the people to the promised land. He finds somebody. God wants to continue to unfold his plan of salvation. And he finds a little girl named Mary to do it through. There's always somebody in God's plan. Can somebody here say, I want that somebody to be me? Can somebody say, I want that somebody to be me? You see, I believe that God wants to use you, and and not only does he want to, he's looking for people to use. I want you to look at what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9. It says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The question is not whether God wants to use you, but are you the right kind of person that God wants to use? Do you have what it takes to be used of God? And all of a sudden now, and I, I, I can see it right now. I'm like Superman. I can see your minds. You're, you're disqualifying yourselves. And you're saying, oh, oh, because I, surely God's looking for perfect people. And you're probably thinking, oh, I, I'm disqualified because I... I'm not as gifted or talented as other people are. And so whatever it is going on in your mind, you're you're trying to disqualify yourself from this. And today, I want to share with you what are the characteristics that God is looking for. Because he's looking for you. You with me? I want us to look at the example of Noah. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Now, if you ever want to be uplifted, just uh, read Hebrews 11 because that is the hall of faith, right? It is a list of all these extraordinary people that did extraordinary things. The the whole chapter is filled with, with these kinds of people that God used 
Now, I know that the New Testament is still being written, and the book of Acts did not finish. Chapter 28 is still continuing on, and it is being written even as we speak today. My question is, will your name be written in it? You see, will your name be written in it? And, and what will it say? He just barely made it to heaven. <laughs> this guy, he just tripped over the line. Or, or will it have a good story to say of how you were used of God? You see, the story is still being written. And so this is what excites me because my story is still being written and your story is still being written. So stop wasting time. You see, we get distracted by the world, and we are not allowed to do the things that God wants us to do. And so when it's written, I want something good to be written of me, and I hope you want something to be written of you as well. Somebody say amen to that. Now, I want you to look at at this scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. Uh, It it says this, "It, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Notice this this word faith, 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 being repeated over and over again, right? And there's word of obedience that's being repeated over and over again because I think God is looking for some kind of people. Now, what did, why did God choose Noah? Well, the answer is found in Genesis chapter 6, which is the story of Noah. And we find, or at least I do, I find four characteristics from the life of Noah that reveal to us what kind of person God wants to use. You ready? Number one. God will use you if you're available. Not if you're good looking, not if you lost 20,000 pounds, not not if you have all your teeth. No, he will use you if you're available. If you're available, God will use you. Somebody said that, 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 you know, success, 80% of success is just showing up. Are you available? I want you to look at what Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and 8 says. It says, the, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret I have made them. God had made up his mind. He's saying, it's done. I'm through with these people. I regret, the Bible says that. He regretted it. And he was going to destroy everybody. He was going to destroy everybody and all the animals as well. He says, I'm done. You, you with me? He was, he was done. Now, 
Pastor Frank, why are you repeating it? Because I want you to see something powerful in this text. You with me? Look at what the last part of verse 8. But. But. But what? But Noah. Woo. See it with me. Say it again. But Noah. Noah happened. Noah changed everything. All right, you're not, seeing, you're not seeing it. But, but, but Noah happened. You, some, some of you think, oh, I'm insignificant. Who am I? With the billions of people that live on the earth, what am I going to do for God? What can I do? But Noah, Noah, Noah became the answer. Noah became the person that God was going to use. Look at what the Bible says. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. All of the people of, uh, of all of the people of the earth, Noah was the only one that was available. <laughs> you with me? He was the only one available. All the others already given themselves to sin. They all, everybody else it just, it just said, forget it. But Noah, Noah was available. He, he was the only one that was willing to obey God. You know that availability is better than ability? You see, God can take anything and do something with it. But he can't take something that doesn't want to be taken. He can't use people that don't want to be used. He needs availability. He needs somebody to say, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen. You see, God can use anything, and he can use anybody, but he needs a willingness of somebody to be used. Many people have great talents and abilities, yet they don't do anything with them. Why? Why doesn't God use all these talented people, gifted people? Well, because they're not available. And God's going to use what's available. Listen, there's a bunch of gifted people that want to use their giftings for themselves. And they're really good. There's really good musicians out there. There's really good singers out there, phenomenal ones. You, 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 you're with, and sometimes I think, God, the world has the best of everything. But you know what? God does the best with those that are willing. And so he wants to do something great through us in spite of anything and everything. Now, that is an amazing thing to me. Okay, let, let, me, let me go on, let me go on. There are people that are being used of God that thought that they didn't have much to offer. But they put themselves at God's disposal. Uh, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, use me. Mary said, do unto me as you have said. People that become available do great things for God. Yeah. Last week we were together and um, we were with a group of people 
that were in the beginning of day spring when we started the church. I'm getting to the place in my life now when I'm the, where I'm the storyteller because I know the story, right? I'm the guy that knows the story. So when we first started Dayspring, um, you know, they, they sent me to open the church and um, I opened the, 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 the doors to Dayspring on October 15th of 1989. I opened the doors to the church for the first time I was in my early 20s, real good-looking dude. <laughs> and I was skinnier, too. And um, so we opened the doors, and um, they told me, the supervisor told me, there's 30 people that are going to be waiting for you. They're going to have a potluck. And I said, great, awesome. So I show up. There's nobody there. In fact, half hour later, two people show up. There's a man named... Uh, uh, Tom Pershing, and he brought a friend uh, with him. And then the following week, his friend decided not to come. Obviously, he didn't like what he saw. So, he, so we started with two people on October 15, 1989. We had nothing. Literally had nothing. The bathrooms in the back didn't even have toilets. They were just holes in the ground. Uh, things were broke, uh, breaking down, and we had no money to do anything. Um, and so we had no, no, no plans, no activities. You walked in, there was no bulletin. I mean, there's two guys. I was single, didn't have kids, wasn't married, just two guys starting a church together. And so the services were really short. You know, I preached the best that I could. I passed the offering plate. It was real quick. Uh, you know, we're done. We're done. <laughs> You know, there, there, there were no announcements. There was no children's ministry. There, there was no worship. There was no music, nothing. There was absolutely nothing. There was absolutely no reason why anybody would want to come to that church. Not one. We had nothing. There was no activities. There was nothing. We had no money for anything. We couldn't repair anything. We couldn't do anything. We just believed in God. But God said, if you're available, I'm going to do something through your life. And so what I did was I did the best that I could. I went out and I knocked on doors and people would close them on my face. And I went to the park and Sepulveda Park was my place. And I would go there and pass tracks out. Nobody would be saved. Nobody got saved. Nobody. Are you with me? And then God said, I saw your faithfulness. And so people started coming on Sunday. And they would tell me I was passing by. I've never seen this church before, but I was passing by and I saw it. And I said, I'm going to go check it out. And they came. I had nothing to offer. In fact, I remember the early days, uh, there were couples that would come and, and they would come kind of kind of embarrassed saying, you know, I'd I love to help you because back in those days, I was begging people to come. Please come back. Please. You know, I would count the flies that were flying. We had, we had four and a half, you know, uh, and so and they would come and they would tell me, and they would tell me, you know, I really like to help you, but 
but you're kind of young and we're really looking for somebody more mature. They don't tell me that anymore, by the way. <laughs> and so it was just hard going. But listen, here's my point. My point is that all we had was an available heart. And God began to grow that church. Within a year, we had 100 people. In two years, we had two services that were filled. There was, a, you've ever been there? There's a really small sanctuary. In fact, we were just there this week, and I thought, this is really small. I know every nick and cranny of that building because I used to fit as many chairs I could into that building. I knew how to fit them in because that's all we had. And so I know you can fit 120 chairs there. I know people say, no, I only hate it. No, no, you got to be uncomfortable if you're going to come to church, right? So you got to be tight and you got to, you know, anyway, my point is this. All we had was an available heart. If you are available, God can do extraordinary things through you. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. And he wants to use you mightily for the glory of God. So the first thing is you need to be available. The second, second thing, God will use you if you dare to be different than the world. He will use you if you dare to be different than the world. Look what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. I'm going to say that one more time. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. You see, you may think, we're the minority here. Most everybody's in the world doing their thing. But being a Christian is kind of hard. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, yes, but that is also your greatest asset. Because you are different than the world. You are not like everybody else. You are not one of the many. You are different. When you believe in Jesus Christ and you are faithful to God, you will be in the minority, but you will be part of the blessed minority. Yes. Noah chose to live a clean life before God. You know, God will use people that choose to live clean lives. Everyone else was sinning and living for themselves, but Noah lived faithfully for God. He was different because he chose to go against the grain. Oh, God, we need more Christians that will go against the grain. We've got too many Christians that are just going with the flow. Too many Christians going with the flow to such a degree that you can't tell them apart anymore. You can't tell them apart. You look at them and you go, about the only difference I see is that one has a tag that says Christian. But the way they talk, the way they live, the way they conduct themselves, they're all the same. Am I talking to somebody today? Okay, okay. Let me, let me go on. It's got really quiet, really, really quiet. You see, most people just go with the flow of the world. Even believers sometimes go with the flow of the world. And they'll say things like, you know, 
I just couldn't help myself. I just can't help me. There's too much pressure to conform. It's just too hard to get away with stuff. It's, it's, it's hard to be different. It's hard to be a believer. It's hard to say no to the parties. It's hard to say no when they're inviting you to do this and that. It's hard to be different. And I say, yeah, it is hard to be different. But Noah teaches us that you can walk in righteousness in a world filled with immorality and sin. It is possible to do that. And if you dare to be different, God will use you. If you dare to be different, God will use your life. You see, Noah was probably ridiculed and laughed at. He, his, his extended family probably put pressure on him as well. You, you know, conformity is often the enemy of Christianity. The popular path of choice these days is just to blend in. We don't want to be different, to stand out or be singled out. We're afraid to stand up for our convictions. Because today, people will criticize you. They'll put stuff on Facebook about you. But that is a trap. Trying to be like the world, trying not to stand out, trying to blend in is a trap. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. It says, the fear of man is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. You want to be secure, you want to be safe, then trust in the Lord. Don't trust in men. They'll turn on you quicker than you can say hello. Trust in the Lord. If you're more concerned with what people think about you, than pleasing God, then you will fall into the trap. Listen, you will fall into a snare. You will fall into bondage. I, 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 I could go down this rabbit hole, but I'm not. I'm going to hold myself back. But, but listen, enough to say that if you don't dare to be different, if you just go with the flow, you're going to fall into the trap and you will, you will be in bondage. You will be in bondage to sin. You will be in bondage to thought processes and patterns that will ultimately destroy your life. You will be in bondage to a lifestyle that will get you down, down, dooby, dooby, down. You will be in bondage to a wrong way of thinking. You will be in bondage to a mentality of poverty and destruction. You will, and I can go on. Are you with me? Amen. See, because we just want to blend in. We just don't want to, we, we don't, we just don't want to, we don't want to rock the boat. We just want to be like everybody else. And God says, no, be different. Be clean. Stay pure. Be, be, read the Bible. Follow Christ. Go to church. Say amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Speak in tongues. Go, go meet with people that love Jesus. Hang out with them and together do something powerful for God. And if you do that, God will use you to change the world. God will use you to impact this world for God. You see, everybody else was messing around, but Noah. 
God has said, I'm done with all these people, but Noah showed up. What will God say to you when you show up? Now, all, your, all my friends, Lord, are doing that, but not me. Everybody's, but not me. What will God do with that kind of person? He'll do extraordinary things, I'm telling you. I said, he will do extraordinary things. If you are more concerned with <clears throat> pleasing people, you're in trouble. <coughs> I'm not a goody, goody. What's it called? What's the last word? Two-shoe? <laughs> and I'm not trying to pretend to be one, but I do want to be different. And so all of my adult life and youth life, I've only had one beer in my life. And that's because of peer pressure of my friends. I've never smoked a cigarette. Somebody did give me a whiff of it one time. Hated it. I said, why are they doing this? Never taking drugs. I don't know what it is to be high. Don't know what it is to be drunk. I don't know. Somebody might say, you don't know what it is to be fun. No, no, no. Listen, I, 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 I've, <laughs> I've dared to be different. But because you dare to be different, God says, I'm going to use your life. And God begins to open doors of opportunities that you never imagined would open for you. It's not just because, oh, God, look at that. That's God's favorite. Well, I like to think so, but that's not really the truth. The truth is you got to dare to be different. And if you dare to be different and walk for God, then you can make it happen. I say this only because I find young people saying, it's too hard. It is. It is. But when you do that, God will bless you immensely. I'm preaching really good, and you're not helping me. Uh, Manolo said to help me, but you're not. All of a sudden, you're, 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 you're meddled out. It was okay when you say, God, use me, but it's not okay when it's, uh, you got to be different. Let me go on. Don't be a people pleaser, by the way. Be a God pleaser. Choose to do that. Third, God will use you if you follow him completely. God will use you if you follow him completely. Look at what the Bible says in Genesis 6.22. It says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. He followed God. He did what he told him to do. Unconditional obedience is what God requires. You remember in the first text that we read, it was by faith, and then he repeats faith and faith over again. You know what obedience is, unconditional obedience? You know what that is? It's faith. Let me say it to this side. Unconditional obedience is faith. I said unconditional obedience is faith. When you talk about unconditional obedience, you're talking about faith. To do what God says without question, that's faith. Faith is following the instructions even when it doesn't make sense. Building an ark didn't make sense. Why? Because it had never rained on the earth before that time. And because he was building an ark 500 miles away from the Mediterranean 
ocean. It made no sense. Are you with me so far? He's building an ark probably in the middle of the desert where there had not rained ever before. And he's saying, hey, guys, come help me build this ark. And everybody's saying, you're crazy. It makes no sense. But he did it. He did it. Why? Because of faith. It was unconditional obedience. Can somebody say amen? Amen. See, God will ask you to do stuff that may look ridiculous. It may, it, may, it may not sound right. It may not make sense to you in the moment. But if you obey unconditionally, God will use you. I was a youth pastor, um, and uh, they asked me to be a youth pastor for this church, and... and uh, We did. The first year, the Lord gave us enormous growth. And so, you know, I I approached the pastor and I said, look, God's given us enormous growth. I would like to do this full time because I just can't handle all the activity. And the more the kids are here, the the harder it is. And so I would like to be on full time if that's possible. And he said to me, okay, let me see what we can do. And so he, he called me in the next week, and he said, I want you to come work at the church, but I can only give you a part-time job. Will you go and get a part-time job and, and then come work here? And I said, well, I'll ask where I am currently working if they'll give me a part-time. So I went, and they said yes. I came back happy, saying, I'll take it. I'm in. I'm going to be working. And then I went back the next week, and my boss said, no, we changed our minds. We need you here all the time. So it's either everything full-time or nothing at all. So I had a choice to make whether I was going to obey the Lord in what he was telling me to do to serve him or I was just going to say no to the ministry and stay working because I needed money to live. And I took that time. I went to pray, and the Lord spoke to my heart. And I went to the pastor and I said, I'm going to come in. I'm going to work full-time for part-time pay. I made a choice to do that. And, And a week later, the pastor comes to me and he says, you know, somebody in the church decided to pay the second half of your salary. You moved in faith. And so that's how I started. When I started Dayspring, the supervisor said, okay, I'm going to send you to Panorama City to start this church, right? Uh, And he said to me, I'm going to give you $600. And I thought, $600 a month isn't too bad. Okay, I can live with that, you know. Uh, uh, Maruchan will be okay every every day. Uh, It's all right. So... But he said, no, I'm going to give you $600 the first month, and then I'm going to give you $500 the second, $400 the third, and so on for six months. And so by, this, by six months, you better have the church going because that's all I'm going to give you. That's how Dayspring started. And so by the sixth month, we didn't ha- I didn't have a salary. But we moved in faith. And we said, Lord... I'm going, to, I'm going to obey you unconditionally. I'm not saying this to try to have you say, oh, he's a great person. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you that it works. 
that when you have unconditional faith and you have obedience, I'm just going to obey the Lord. And it didn't, it, it didn't make any sense. It certainly didn't make any sense to my family members. It certainly didn't make any sense to anybody. What? You're going to what? You're going to leave your job and you're going to go? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's going to give you $600 the first month and then he's going to reduce it every month? And then by six months, you, what, what are you going to do? You're going to starve. You're going to starve. But I, I did it anyway. It made no sense. You see, God sometimes tells you to do things that make no sense, but you obey anyway because you believe God is going to do something great in your life because I believe God's going to do something great through your life you, because God's looking for people to use and he wants to use you. And because he wants to use you, God is going to provide for you. You say, how did God provide for you? You're not getting any money in. This is how God provided it for us. Are you with me? This is what happened. I went to the mailbox. I took it out and, th and there was an envelope. I opened the envelope up and there was a check. I opened the check up, I looked at the name, I went to visit this lady, I went to the, this lady's home because I'm thinking, well, she sent me a check, she might be wanting to come to church. So I went to talk to her, she says, I'm never going to come to your church. <laughs> what? Never coming to your church? She said, but I'm going to send you this every month because God told me to do it. And she did until the day she died. Two months later, a guy calls me up, says, hey, I want to talk to you. I used to go to the church. I said, great, another guy. Maybe I can hook him in, right? I, I was desperate. I needed anybody and everybody. So I invited him to come. I said, oh, and I, I went to his house. He said, I want, to, I want to give him breakfast. So we had breakfast. And the first thing, opened the door. First thing he tells me, I'm not going to come back to church. <laughs> first thing he told me, open the door. Hi, Pastor. Not coming back to church. Just want you to know that right away. <laughs> All of a sudden, my face goes down. Oh, my God. So I, it was the worst breakfast, not because it was bad tasting. It was just the worst breakfast. After they tell you, you know, you had your hopes up, right? So after I'm leaving, he gives me an envelope, and I'm saying, oh, no. <laughs> gives me an envelope. I'm going, I don't want it. 20 bucks you're going to give me, whatever, man. So I went. I was really upset. I went to the office. I sat down. I threw the thing down. And after a while, the Lord said, open it. So I said, okay, fine. So I opened it up. I opened this this envelope up, and it was $5,000. That $5,000 paid for the next six months of all our expenses. That's what God did for Dayspring. God loves this church. He wants it alive. He wants it to, to thrive. And he'll do whatever. He'll send you. He sent that money by mail. And by the way, that wasn't the only lady that sent us money by mail. There was another lady that also sent money by mail. And so now I went to the mailbox every day with expectancy. I did. I did. You know? Because God always provides because if he wants to use you, he will provide for you. He will do it. But you need to obey. Even when it doesn't make sense, God will bless you. It doesn't make sense, but God will bless you. Listen, I had a really fruitful youth ministry at Angelus Temple, the mother church of the Foursquare Gospel. I grew up in this atmosphere, and all of a sudden now I'm in this little dinky church with nobody. It made no sense. Why do you leave that for this? 
makes no sense. It doesn't make sense to people, but it makes all the sense in the world to God because God had a plan. And so we moved it within that plan. You with me? Number four, and this, I'm going to be done with this now because I think I'm taking long. Uh, number four, God will use you if you refuse to give up. It took Noah 120 years. It took Noah 120 years to see the word of God fulfilled. Okay, you didn't get that. It took Noah 120 years to see God's word fulfilled. And I can, I can see Noah every day going to work and people laughing at him and he's going to work. He's got his carpentry tools and he's hauling trees because he's got to make this, this ark. Uh, are you with me? Now, Noah's ark was not a little boat. It, this was a, a huge, huge endeavor. And he's working with his family members and, and people are laughing at him and they're going, look at Noah, he's so nutty. You know, and I don't know what they were saying, but they were saying something really bad. And, uh, and so he's building this and, and he's building this ark 120 years. Okay, you didn't get 120 years. Now, 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 some some of you get a headache and, you know, you can't wait 20 minutes for, uh, you know, Advil to kick in, right? (laughs) And you're going, you're going, come on, Advil, do your thing. 120 years, this guy's waiting. You see... He didn't give up. And because he didn't give up, you and I are here. But Noah. But Noah. You you better be thanking God for Noah. You better go look for him in heaven. And say, I'm here because of you. You lived a righteous life. You decided to live a clean life. You decided to be different than everybody else. You, you, You decided to be available for God, and God used you greatly. Now, let me tell you three of your biggest enemies right now that will, that will deviate you from being used of God. You ready? Number one, problems will tempt you to give up. Problems will tempt you to give up. But I just got to tell you, you will never achieve anything worthwhile without problems. Every vision of God will be tested. Everything that God wants you to do will have Problems. I, I want to tell you right now. Now I tell you the good stuff, and you and you and you say Amen and glory to God. But there are a lot of issues in Dayspring. There's been a lot of drama through the years. I mean, a lot of drama. Gut wrenching drama. Energy depleting drama. Really? I can tell you the stories, but I'm not gonna. My point is this. You you you're gonna want to give up. But if you don't give up, God will use you. Your life will be filled with problems. Sorry. I wish I could tell you, hey, you become a Christian. 
problem-free life. Now, no, you're still going to have problems. In fact, sometimes you're going to have bigger problems. But, but, but guess it. Here's the difference. Are you with me? I'm gonna, here's the difference. The difference is that the problems when you are with Christ is that you have Christ by your side. When you don't have Christ by your side, you're still going to have problems, but you're on your own, buddy. But if you have God on your side, then you have his power and his, and his blessing and his goodness and his favor and his grace and his mercy, and he'll help you and he'll strengthen you and you'll move on. But if you're on your own, you're on your own. I'd rather have problems with God than without him. I'd rather have problems with God's vision and trying to fulfill it and working hard towards it than not doing anything and just not having God in my life. Because you're still going to have problems, folks. People, people say, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because there's too many problems. Well, you're going to have problems if you're not a Christian. But if you have problems and you're a Christian, then you'll have God's strength in your sight. Somebody with me today? The second thing, the second thing that will, that will, that will oppose you being used by God is, is you'll have pressure. Pressures will tempt you to give up. You have peer pressure. You have the pressures of life. You'll have the pressures of the world. There's, there's pressures. How many know what I'm talking about? There, there's pressure. People want you to do something. Listen, everybody always has a wonderful plan for your life. Everybody does. People have always tried to shape me and mold me into the pastor they want. <laughs> they do. Why, why aren't you more loving? Why don't you visit me more? Why, why, why? You know, and there, <laughs> there's always a why, right? Listen, I'm going to be the pastor the guy wants me to be. Right? And I want to be the best one that I can be. But listen, but everybody has their own idea of what the pastor should be or should do. I'm just giving you my own story. Are you with me? That they all have an idea. They all have this, 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 this. Oh, you got to be really kind. Never say a bad word. You know, just, just, just. It, honey needs to flow from your lips at every moment. And, and you got to speak like that. And, and, and I want you to come. Every time I have a problem, I want you to be available and, and answer my calls. And, and I want you to, to pray powerful prayers that, that, that shake the heavens. People have these. Are you with me? And when you pray for me, I want the healing now, now. I want it to come down. Listen, can I be honest with you? We, we have anointing. I don't, I don't get in lines. I don't place myself because then I'll have one line. And so I don't. I'll stay back because there's a lot of people that have, by the way, a lot more gifts than I do and a lot more anointing for answered prayer and they have gifts of healing and stuff. They, they can do it. But there's this idea, right? Oh, the pastor's got to have all the power. He's <laughs> got to have it packed in. People call me, tell me all the time, oh, you're closer to God than everybody else. That's what they say. 
closer to God. I don't know if I'm closer to God than anybody else, but I do pray, right? They're telling me it's time to wrap it up. See how much power I have? None. <laughs> third thing, the third thing, and I'm done. People will tempt you to give up. Have you ever discovered that people can be mean? Not here, but you know, other places, they, they can be mean, right? So people, it's hard. They, they will tempt you to, to give up. Uh, but if you don't give up, God will use you. God is looking for champions he can use. Will you be one of them? God is looking for people through whom he can do great things. Will you be one of them? He's looking for people that are available. He's looking for people who are different. He's looking for people that will follow him completely. And he's looking for people that will never give up. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.